Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 77 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. We are your hosts, Tony Ambrose. I'm Matt Greco. Tony, I'm not in a good mood, as you can tell from that intro. Can we just cue the Sarah McLaughlin music right now? Oh, that would have been a good one. I was trying to think of what is an appropriate and or sad song that I can integrate the word witty into via pun. <laughs> yeah, Sarah McLaughlin might have been okay. I just wanna... All I could think of was everybody hurts, and I was hurting too much to try and put any effort towards that. I still am. R.I.P. Meatloaf, but I would do anything for a Super Bowl. Oh, no, that wouldn't make wow. sense, but I won't do that. No, I'll do anything <laughs> for a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, just cue the Sarah McLaughlin music, and I'm just going to eat away my feelings uh, headfirst into a bowl of Josh's Jacks or something. I, I don't I don't know what to do during these mm. dire times, Tony. I think that's a little that's a little dark. <laughs> I mean, it's a dark it's dark times, but I mean that game plan is self destructive. We'll say it is self destructive in in many ways, physically. But that's the level mentally. we're at. We're in a self destructive mode. Yeah, definitely. We were physically, mentally, socially, emotionally destroyed. <laughs> All the above. and you can't. You can't just pick up the pieces from that. You have to endure some sort of process. Have, have you gone through the five stages of grief this week? I would say that I've gone through various... I don't know if I've gone through all five stages. See, what's tough for me is I think denial... That's step one. I know. You haven't hit step one yet? How do you... What am I denying? How am I in denial? You're in, deni- denial, you're in like, denial that any of this result happened. <laughs> you're in denial See, that the Bills all, came up on the wrong side to, of football I history. I think that we all went straight to bargaining and depression. <laughs> yeah, we. But maybe I did go to denial because I do remember, well, I was having a conversation with someone. They were saying, like, they left the TV or they left the viewing when the final touchdown occurred. But then you hear that message of, like, oh, it's under the routine review of all, that all touchdowns are. That opens up for your denial. Exactly. Then Still a glimmer many, of hope. Right. Then many, according to my Twitter timeline, went to anger that night. I didn't have anger that night. I think I was just in shock. I was in shock the entire evening slash emotionally exhausted. I, did, I, had, I had no place for anger in me. I know, right? And then anger, and I saw this in someone's tweet, the anger phase manifests itself in our defense did not step up. Frazier and McDermott blew it. How could they give Kelsey so much room? You know, all of those. Right. How, how could they? All how could the they questions. not? Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. All the questions. Right. That's... Bargaining is they need to change the overtime rules. It's the overtime <laughs> rules that screwed us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's that's good. I, I and we'll get we'll get into all of this in a minute. I don't. I mean, the name of the show. I don't even know if we can fulfill the name of the show properly in the, in this circumstance. No. I, this week I, it's going to be. The shitty and not funny sports <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, name change. That spinoff. Yeah. Most listeners say that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony, I don't I don't know. I don't have any witty in me. I don't have segments drawn up. It's just this game. It still stings three, four days later now. I, I think we just queue up the Marv and get into it, <laughs> I guess. Right? In many ways Marv was the only thing that was putting our feelings into perspective in the form of the poem. I know that the poem helps many of us out, including myself. It, it is words to live by in this moment. 
in this moment it is. Yeah. And when, when younger fans ask for my advice, I direct them straight to Sir Andrew. <laughs> and so I will direct our listeners straight to Marv. Take Sir, it away, Marv. Sir Andrew Garfield? Yeah, him too. Him too. <laughs> Put this in the multiverse. You know, there's a universe where the Bills won. There is. We need to get. We need to open this multiverse, and then that'll take. It. That'll take us there. Yeah, it's and like, that is the ultimate bargaining. It's like what if? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just queue up Marvin, and we'll get into it because we got a lot to get into. Tony, we will be back oh, uh, after the break. Oh boy, is right. <laughs> take it away, Marv. Go go bills fight bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Let's muster up the strength. Talk about this Bills Chiefs divisional game. We have to start off our Bills review segment the same way we always start off with the So Bad It's Good review, our last one of the season. Sad time, single tear rolling down my eye as I speak for the last review of the season. Tony, are you ready? I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. No. No. Am I ready for this, anything we talk about tonight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> we got to get through it, Tony, for the pod. I'm ready. For Witty Nation. For the nation. <laughs> All right, here we go. A thrilla in Missouri divisional matchup as Frazier and the Bills D looked for the upset over float like a butter Clyde Edwards Hilaire and sting like an Andy Reid AFC champion Chiefs team. Tony Romo Momellon was like Pat and Josh, Pat and Josh. They are really good quarterbacks. Pat and Josh, Pat and Josh. What a fun air attack. Once Byron Pringle popped, the Chiefs offense couldn't stop scoring and the Bills defense couldn't close the deal like a virgin on prom night. Josh Allen and the Bills had their best O-face on, but it was their office space that they will be cleaning out this week as the Bills again lose to the Chiefs in the playoffs, 42-36 in overtime. Tony, somber, sad, whatever other adjectives Merriam-Webster could throw at me. There's not enough words to describe this feeling. Tony, I just have one question. Why do the Bills always end up on the wrong side of these these moments, these historical moments? You know, I'm disappointed, first of all, before I get into that, that there's no room for analysis of your rundown here. Because Tony, I'm already in a bad state of mind. I'm already sad. And <laughs> well, you're, I'm gonna put you're just going to drag me. As soon as you brought up Frazier, I was like, oh, sweet, we're going to have some Frazier references. Oh, and then you were like Frazier Crane? <laughs> yes. I expected to hear a Niles. I expected to hear uh, something about Eddie the dog. No. What did I hear? Boxing. What did I hear? Boxing. <laughs> you know what I'd like to box up is my emotions. <laughs> I couldn't sully a, a great show like <laughs> Frasier like that. <laughs> no one can. It's untouchable. It's untouchable is right. Really, you know, really a cut above in the comedy world. I have to think it was too that smart the Bills for me. end up... <laughs> <laughs> Smart show on TV. Yeah. I have to think that the Bills end up on the wrong side of this thing. Here's here's what I was thinking as I was reflecting upon this. There's too many new Bills fans. And this is God's way of punishing us. Brand, of brand, no, of branding them, of branding the new ones. Well, he's saying there's too many new Bills fans. I have to show them what it means to be a Bills fan. Uh, and what that means is. To endure the ultimate heartbreak, and uh, then like maybe take. you get you swing yourself around. And throw. There's two new Bills fans that haven't endured home run throwback, that haven't endured wide right. So now this is the new generations. Because when the unspeakable finally happens, then we all have to have had it. We all have to have had the adversity. It's the rule of the universe. So we can all share in the glory. Exactly. 
Yes, I like that. The adversity unites us. The adversity definitely unites us. That is that is mm-hmm. true. 13 seconds. You can do a lot of things in 13 seconds. Apparently, the Bills can't win a football game in 13 seconds. But, Tony, you mentioned all the historical moments of this organization wide right well, i hope i didn't mention all of them music <laughs> music city I mean, miracle. I hope all, all the ones. all the there there are positive ones yes yeah like to getting the key to the city <laughs> yes that is Let's, easily top of the list yeah absolutely ralph wilson not allowing andre reed to speak during his wall of fame induction <laughs> that goes up there that i would say that was one of them yeah well, did you go to uh see wait did you say ralph Get, who's getting inducted in this story? No, Andre. Oh, Andre Reed. Okay. Was okay. getting put put on the Wall of Fame, and uh, Ralph was old and, and feeble and uh, didn't have any sense of the time, and he just rambled on for well over 15 minutes that halftime allows, and uh, yeah, oh, I'll never well. forget that. <laughs> Andre. Sounds like another podcast I know. <laughs> what, rambling on? Yeah, yeah. Wonder what that could be. They did it to us. They did it to us. Where would you rank this 13 seconds in the pantheon of Bill's heartbreak moments. I would say third. Third? Uh, Wow. Well, the first, of course, being... Uh, I would say the first is wide right. You know, that was yeah. a Super Bowl after all. Absolutely. Second is when we cut Ed Wang. <laughs> that, of course, is, is almost as big a heartbreak as you can get. And I thought you were going to say when they... To that. I thought you were going to say when they uh, took Christie's Kickers off the shelves at grocery stores. Oh, oh. Well, you know, that's more of a corporate thing. <laughs> Tony is not tied down by corporate America <laughs> listeners. No. No, he doesn't care. Why, that's why I had to go. That's why I had to go right away. Go global with it. The yeah, the, the communist regime. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I I would say second for me. It feels yeah, like. Would, yeah. It feels like it's, the Music it, City it, it, Miracle it, it, was too fluky to surpass this. Wide mm-hmm. right was obviously will will remain tops because it's the Super Bowl. You're absolutely right. And right. Th- this one just. It was right there. <laughs> it was it was right there. Right there. I've never yeah, been right I've never been on a shorter like roller coaster ride of emotions. Like from oh, the highest of highs to the it. lowest of lows in a matter of of seconds. Even the birth of my child, even though there was no lowest of lows there, that was less emotions than the 13 seconds between the Gabe Davis touchdown and them blowing it in 13 seconds and matt the state lest we forget the stage was set like i don't know about you i from the moment the game kicked off i was not in a good mental state oh I absolutely was not no now like it was as tense as i've been in sports yeah i did not sit down once yeah so to go through the hours of that to lead to the final one minute and 52 seconds forget about it and that's so much of the reason i think that it hurt so much? We were, yes, of course. Much like the defense, we were already done when it had, when it started. <laughs> yes. Right. And by it, I mean the end of the game. Can we just get like a Men in Black memory eraser thing for Bills fans? <laughs> no. If there, was any, then, if there was any time for a movie prop to actually exist in the real world, this, this would be it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, now, that's an interesting conversation is what movie prop do you need to exist in the real world? Ooh, we, we should do a... That, that's a good like uh, draft for that's a good, when we yeah, do that's draft a good seasons. Draft. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, let's have the listeners make a mental note of mental that. Mental note can, of that one. Movie props that exist it to us on our Patreon. No, totally. We moved to OnlyFans. You know that. Well, yeah. For now. <laughs> for now. For now until they kick us out. Exactly. Too explicit. Saying. You're taking the words out of my mouth. 
moments before I can say them. Yeah, I think the other thing too is like this team is. I think we feel so connected to this team, and and it maybe it was because of our age with like wide right, it doesn't really stick. And but this team is just so. We mentioned it on podcast prior that it's so easy to root for, and you could tell throughout the game. Our franchise guy, our $256 million leader, JA-17, the chosen one, Joshua, Patrick Allen himself, left it all on the field. I've never visibly cried, but when Josh Allen, after they scored that Gabe Davis touchdown with 13 seconds left, it was uh-huh. they showed him on the sidelines just in a state of, I don't even call it rage, just like emotion, emotional, yes. I don't even know, but just yelling, oh, yeah. Let, let's go. And obviously, of course, I want the Bills to win, but that's a moment I just look back on despite the loss and like, man, we got we got our guy. He he bleeds Buffalo and he he gets it. We've said it before. He gets it. He puts it all on the field. And then I read on Twitter days after he was at Hutch's saying hi to people and they're saying great season, Josh. And he's just in every man just in a, in a restaurant. And I felt so bad for him. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> I, I felt yeah, so bad for him. He, he, li- he really did put everything out on the field that night. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all. That's also what I was kind of alluding to. I mean, Josh, like I said, is like a son. Yes. That's as, as is articulated by the fact that we all just call him Josh. <laughs> right. You know, we don't, we don't know. We do not know the man yet. Yeah. But, but to, until he comes on this podcast, open oh, invitation. That's right. Josh, if you're listening, um, <laughs> but to know that he, like you brought up about the emotions, we were talking about our emotions. Imagine being on the team oh, I yeah. mean, I can only to have to deal with the physical endurance and the emotional endurance of all that. But yeah, that is, but of course that's a testament to the culture of this team. And I think that that is also why we do it, why we, went through so much emotionally through that experience. And it's not just the culture of the team. The culture of the team is one of two major factors, I think, that play into this that are kind of interconnected. And that's like when we were talking, if anyone's trying to like compare this to Music City Miracle and we're saying, I think we're unanimous in saying, no, it's not like that. Like this is worse than that. Right. And I think so much of that is because we know like that was a Bills team that was pretty good, good enough to get in the wild card. But it was it was nothing like this. This is Matt, like I think it's fair to say this year's team was the best team of our post pubescent lives. <laughs> I I would say so. You, yeah, you really like, you really like, get a feeling like whoever won this game was gonna win the Super Bowl for sure. That and you is. get the feeling that we waited so long, and now for a team that is like. I shouldn't even say we waited. This is a team that is possible in the league to be in Buffalo. This isn't like we waited. This is exceeding our dreams. Yeah. To have uh, a team with this much talent combined with the kind of brotherhood culture that we're seeing, combined with the likability um, of the roster, except for a few, Bobby Hart. And... <laughs> To be on that journey with them this season, leading up to this season with the disappointment of last season, like you'd have thought last season was the moment that would unite us. Mm-hmm. But it's not because there, like, there was no moment to that. The Chiefs had it. The right. Chiefs had us. They were clearly, you know? they were like, clearly better last year, yeah. Right. This year, man, we got fucked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll bleep that out. Yeah. Yeah, bleep, please bleep it out. Bleeps are we, funnier. We'll bleep it. <laughs> I agree. Bleeps are funnier. But are they wittier? Now the mission of the podcast is is in jeopardy. Now we're doing mind jumping, Jack. So, 
Yeah, so, I mean, it sucks because this was to, to go down to the divisional round with the best team that we've seen, that so many people have seen in their lifetime, literally. The best team that we've seen probably for you and me in our age mm. since we, like, had a high enough understanding of football other okay. than they told us that they're good and they win a lot of games. Right. And, like, a lot of our players are famous. And one of our players was in Little Giants. So outside of that is the, that, that is the bar for famous, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so outside of those criterion, now that we're seeing it and we're seeing something like that team firsthand, and to see it go down like that, of course it's going to be tough, and of course we're going to be going through a combination of depression, of anger phase, of bargaining, of trying to figure out what to do, of lashing out, of such a set of emotions. Well. We'll, we'll definitely do some uh, lashing out when we come to the defense. <laughs> man, I've, I've been doing a lot of terrible trolling, lashing out at strangers online. <laughs> it's my coping mechanism. Hey, we all we all cope in our in our own ways. If you if you yeah, want to absolutely. troll, troll. <laughs> I, will troll. I think the the stinger too is not only was it right mm-hmm. there, but knowing the Bengals beat the Titans the previous day. Oh yeah, it all. Yeah. And then a win could have put the AFC Championship game back in Buffalo against a what what I deem an inferior team in Cincinnati. We just talked about how the Bills were, you know, the best team we've seen the organization feel, but also whoever won that Bills Chiefs game was most likely the favorite. And then mm-hmm. like a very likely chance to to win the Super Bowl. Rams, Niners, two teams very beatable. And and that's that's just a kick in the butt right there, Tony, to to take your F word and, and bring it back PG. <laughs> um Yeah, it was all right there for the Bills. Can we just get the overtime rules out of the way? <laughs> like, should we have that discussion? Not that everyone else has hasn't had that discussion. Let's frame the discussion as this. Do you think it's gonna happen? No. Absolutely not. Interesting. I, I do think it's going to happen. You think there's going to be a change? I think there's, well, yeah, in the sense that there's always a change. Will it be the change we seek? That I don't know, but I definitely think there will be some sort of progress, whether it be like a phony baloney progress right? kind of rule change, or will that they'll say that it's not really changing, but like they'll say, well, it's going to get better. And then like it kind of does in metric, but not in reality. <laughs> I just think the solution is so simple. I put it on Twitter yesterday or the previous day. It's like whatever team wins the toss, they get to have their drive. Whatever amount they score, the opposing team gets to either beat that or match that. Or if they don't match that, the game's over. Each team should get a drive. It doesn't need to be college. It doesn't need to start at the 40 or whatever or the 35 as in college does. And each team should get a drive. And it's just whoever on their respective drive one-ups the other on their drive. That's the winner. It seems very simple. If, yeah, the, if, the, is, if, the right? Chiefs, if the Chiefs win the toss, come down and kick a field goal, the Bills need to, on their drive, either kick a field goal to continue the game, score a touchdown to win the game, or score zero points and lose the game. It never goes to sudden death. It should never be a sudden death situation. I hate that it is the way it is now. It, there, there's huge problems with the overtime rule to me. A, one team probably doesn't get the ball during overtime mm-hmm. based on the coin toss. So you're literally putting the, the results of the game up to chance at this point. And then B, if the two teams do match, then it's just sudden death and it's the first team to score. So again, the receiving team has an advantage there. It just seems so asinine. I don't like it because it's the game was tied because the opponents, the adversaries, were the Bills versus the Chiefs. The adversaries were not the Bills versus defense tails. versus the Chiefs offense. Yeah. So every... 
everyone who contributed to the game getting to that point should also have a hand in the overtime. Like how teams are built. Some teams are built in a way that the offense is the star or the defense is the star. And then there's the other side of the ball is like kind of like riding one side of the ball. So you're going to leave that to a coin flip? No, it's it's all 53 or 47, I guess. It's all 47 versus all 47. Right. So you got to get all facets of the ball involved. Yeah, that, that seems logical and... Mm-hmm. And I like your rules too. I prefer I prefer innings as you propose. That's how I think of it. Is like it's yeah, like, that's a good comparison. You know, yeah, exactly. I think of it is I prefer innings instead of uh, what some people think they prefer in terms of like a full fifteen minutes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's no time in a playoff overtime, right? Like, there's no tie, obviously. So, what do they just continue? If the fifth, I don't think it's ever gotten to that, but mm, not to my knowledge. But I am no football historian. Yeah, I, I don't know. One of the interns looked that one up. I was gonna say to your previous point about like this team being charismatic, and despite this heartbreaking loss and how easy it is to root from, blah blah blah. That's the silver lining in this, right? Is you would take this heartbreak over. 20 years of drought any day right 100%. To, to have your team yeah it sucks that we lost and one of the worst sports feelings in the world to have your team mm-hmm. lose in that way but to to have the the mindset that your team is going to be presumably be good for the next 10 to 12 years and be in contention for the next 10 to 12 years so that to me is the silver line here if we want to put any kind of positive on this is like they're right there and they're going to be there for a long time this isn't 20 years of dick duran seven and nine for three consecutive years or whatever like just hopeless six and ten records and we draft in the middle of the first round and it just seems like we're just stuck in this purgatory of not being good and mm-hmm. not being bad enough to get a franchise guy <laughs> like, i'll take this over any drought year whatsoever of course i absolutely will this team's gonna be good for a long time we're tough in their own ways yeah exactly but will they be good enough for a long time will they be good enough not even for a long time will they be good enough once once because we would have thought and here's like the cynicism of the moment we would have thought that this is when they were good this was the year they were good enough yeah and now, and what I have been grappling with a lot, Matt, and the sort of the quote that's becoming my mantra as I navigate my feelings on this is a quote from our general manager, Mr. Brandon Bean, a.k.a. Big Baller Bean, in his press conference. A.k.a. Said, that's so Bean. <laughs> right. Absolutely. As you know, he was also a short-lived side character on Even Stevens. Bean. <laughs> also a British... Foley yes. artist, I don't even know him. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Yeah. How would you? Yeah. How would you describe? Well, how would you describe him? A, a Foley artist. They do like you know oh, different sounds, okay. effects, okay. and stunts yeah, and yeah, things, yeah. right? Yeah. Foley artist. Okay. Yes. The quote that he said is, he's like, no, I don't consider this season a failure because because progress isn't linear. And I've been thinking like that's been resonating in my head. This concept that progress is not linear. Right. And that is kind. Of, that's what's really helping me through the emotions, but. That's also something that I am am cautiously optimistic and truly believing because I'm like, yeah, but like, this was it. This was the year of Cheap Josh. This is when it was all coming together. This was the year that this team was together, that these coordinators were here together. This was the year that the offense and defense were both, you know, on top of their game and on top of the league. Like, come on. Like, what the hell were we doing? And all those stats that come across about sort of like other quarterbacks or other teams that have accomplished 
certain things that these bills have accomplished. And it's always the other that the other ones won the Super Bowl. Now this happens and we're not winning the Super Bowl. Right. So in that sense, am all I'm is what I'm waiting for gonna be the year that Patrick Mahomes gets his season ending injury and then the window's open for us? Is that is that what this life is going to be? I hope not. But yeah. I don't know. I was it's, very it's crazy. I was very scared after this game. I had the mindset of is this the new Patriots for us? Right. And, and not to a point where those drought teams could never beat the Patriots, right? Except for a couple fluky whatever, like ball goes off Marcel Darius's helmet into Drake Forrest's hands and for a pick six, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was just whenever we played the Patriots and those Bills teams are not even as close to being good as this Bills team is of asterisk note. Right. But every time we played the Patriots, I'm just like, there's, there's no chance we beat them because they just have this mental block of the Patriots are better than us. It, mm-hmm. it never seemed like they could get over that. They just, they could, they could have been playing the best football ever in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And they would meet the Patriots and just have the biggest brain fart ever and play stupid and do dumb things and just be terrible. There was some, some hold the Patriots had over them. And, and I was thinking after this game, like, is this the same thing now? Are the Chiefs the new Patriots? Do the Chiefs, every time we play them, have this mental hold over the Bills that Josh can have a perfect game. He can throw for 320 whatever yards, 29 yards and four touchdowns and run for almost 70 yards. And But is, the defense is going to play extremely dumb and, and, <laughs> and, and have bad execution and bad planning and whatever they did the week leading up. And I'm very scared of that scenario of like, is this going to be the new Patriots? Are we, are, every time we play this team, are they just, no matter what happens, the Bills could be up 20 with 13 seconds left, and I feel like the Chiefs will win somehow. <laughs> like that's, that's, how I, that's how I kind of feel, and that's how I kind of hope doesn't transpire or occur. It, it, it's very scary to think that. I, I can't imagine it's going to, because A, we beat them in the regular season. So yeah. I think that that's... But was that, a, was that the fluke? Like, we beat the Patriots during those drought years, but it always seemed like a fluke thing. It was never a consistent thing. It was never, okay, now the Bills are on the up and up and the Patriots are on the decline and the tides are turning, the division shifting. Like, it never felt like that. It never felt consistent. That's true. Was that game just earlier in the regular season, week five, just Chiefs are in a funk and they don't know how to figure it out. And honestly, I'm scared that the Chiefs are just going to have this every time. And we're going to meet them. <laughs> it's like this, these teams are going to meet again. It's very, it's very evident. They might meet every year. Yeah. And is it going to take some Patrick Mahomes season ending injury or some fluky thing? There, there's so many questions going through my head that won't get answered for a long time um, mm-hmm. until, until the playoffs next year for this game. Well, I think that in many ways, this game is your answer because, because look at the way this game went down. I mean, we always answered on offense. Really, the difference was that when when we didn't have an opportunity to answer on offense, that's the only time we didn't answer on offense. We were ready to win. We were believing it was going to be a win. So I don't. I'm I'm voting no that there's a mental block that's going to happen. I'm voting that they think like us. We're going to see the Chiefs time and time and time again, and that's the way it's going to be for Mahomes's and Allen's careers. But I think that they're thinking every game that we play against the Chiefs is going to be a coin flip. Whether it be literal in overtime or whether it just be who has the ball last or 
whatever the circumstances are. Yeah. Do you think the Bills can like pivot from this as in like last year when they lost to the Chiefs? It was like, oh, here's the picture of Diggs and McDermott hugging and we'll be back. And this is motivation for us. Like, this doesn't feel like uh, that kind of moment. This feels like a. I agree. It, it just feels different. Yep. I, this doesn't feel like a moment where they say we're going to use it and they will, of course, to the media and stuff. But it feels more of like, OK, this is the true testament of the character of this team now going into next year. Yeah. They went toe to toe with. A Super Bowl champion, perennial favorite in the AFC, and possibly two-time Super Bowl champion after this year. But can they get over that mental block? This feels like a very pivotal moment for the McDermott being Josh Allen regime, I guess. Yeah, it's a good point. And I do think you're right. Like, this is because this is not like we'll be back. This is we came back, and here's the way it went down. And, and we didn't follow through. We'll be like, back. Is there so anything we I can think- do to get over the hump? Well, to me, yeah, like to me, the question is not, and and you've kind of already alluded to it, the question that you asked before is not, what are we going to do to get us there? It's who will take us there. Right. And what I mean by that is, is this going to be the McDermott Washington defense that figures out the Chiefs? Doubt it. Is this going... (laughs) Is this going to be uh, the Ken Dorsey offense that takes the concepts to the next level? Mm-hmm. Who's going to take it? Is this going to be Ed Oliver is now Aaron Donald? So now unreal things are happening on the other right. side of the ball? Gregory, Gregory so yeah. is the next Von Miller. Yes, you know exactly what I mean. Like yeah. what's, I mean, Josh what, played a perfect game. And we still right. lost. It's not Josh. It's, yeah, Josh yeah. did all he could. Jo- Josh threw one of the greatest quarterback games in the history of the league. So who now, who, who's filling in the, the rest of the gap? Right, yeah. We said last week, Josh can fill in, only fill in so many gaps. Maybe it's Gabriel Davis. Maybe it is. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. is like, we already had the top offense. Yeah. Like, what I don't anticipate is someone on offense. And we have to look at it, like, if we're, since we're analyzing this as against the Chiefs, like, the whole thing is about being against the Chiefs, we have to look at it as the someone on defense needs to do it. Even though we can be the, we can be the number one defense by many metrics, but it's meaningless unless we don't allow 552 yards against the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. So who's gonna not? Who's gonna get us to that situation where we're not allowing 552 yards, where we are stunting the offense of the Chiefs? Do you think that? Um, they, do you think if they had Trey White, they win this game? That's what I was wondering about because I have been having this kind of day slash night dream. <laughs> so all day, <laughs> right? All yes, it's, it's a 24-hour dream. All day haunting you. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's just like this this image that I have of the Travis Kelsey play, Travis Kelsey's reception with moments to spare, mm-hmm. and he's got too much space around him. And it's just this image of the player to his right, to the left on the screen, is actually now Trey White. And Trey White sneaks over, dives across, disrupts the pass with his fingertips. There's nine seconds left on the clock. And then it's a completely different situation because the Chiefs, they can't do everything that they did. Right. They don't have two plays left. They don't have... They don't have that time left, so I can't guarantee it. But I, I think our chances go up. Yeah, that it would have, that it would have gone down a different way. The, um, does the big Tyree kill play before that drop well, happen? Yeah, well, that's like that's the that, one that gets me. That's the one that kind of gets me, but only because I wish we made a bigger stink out of the peace sign. Oh, see, I don't. I don't Did you see it? What him throw up the deuces? Yeah, like when he was running. Yeah, like when we were watching the play live. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have an issue with it. Honestly. Well, I didn't have an issue with it until we lost. Well, then I my, didn't have an issue with then it. Then in my, Actually. then in my, yeah, then in my bargaining phase, then I'm like, well, this sucks because Tyreek Hill threw up that peace sign, and maybe that should be a penalty. I had more, and then that could have 
I had more of a problem with like apparently Willie Gay, who likes to beat up vacuums, was just like not even you know saying good game to the players on the Bills. He was just like kind of like waving at them and like ah your season's done, cocky. I have, I have more of a problem with that, I guess, from a sports oh. sportsmanship perspective. Well, I hadn't heard that, but yes, I 100% agree with you. Now that I'm hearing that, I'm hearing it from the perspective that you are saying yeah. it only. Yeah, I have a huge problem with that. Tyreek Hill in the moment, so emotions hope- running high, he just made a huge play to right. put his team, possibly win Willie the game Gay for his team. Like- a, professional, a professional athlete should know better. Right. So, I hope... Willie Gay's, uh, especially one that was in jail three days. Social (laughs) or Willie Gay's social media accounts are prepared to get (laughs) trolled by a a cavalcade of trolling. (laughs) Look out, Willie Gay. Gay. Let's just stick with the defense, stick with that 13 seconds. They played that all wrong. Yeah, every every aspect of that was played wrong. And we heard McDermott in the after season presser talk about how. The, the play was to squib kick it, and Tyler Bass did not receive that information. I I find that hard to believe, honestly. A, I don't think McDermott throws Heath Farwell under the bus like that. Right. And B, I can't imagine, like, there's 11 guys or 10 guys, 11 guys, 10 guys plus the coach who all know, hey, it's a squib kick coming, and nobody tells Tyler Bass or reminds. I don't know. I don't know who McDermott's protecting there, but... I don't think he's doing a good job. Oh, I oh I see it the opposite. I see it as it was a huge shock that he didn't protect anybody except for himself because he said, yeah, execution could have been better on that. I And so I kind of interpreted it as Tyler Bass knew it was a squib kick, was supposed to squib kick, or was supposed to kick it short. And his legs uh, just too strong for it? That basically, his legs, his superpower legs combined with the emotions of the moment. Yeah made all that i mean that could very well be the case yeah like i can understand that like you're like you just went through that experience there's a lot of crazy things that i did in my basement watching that game because (laughs) of the crazy experience and i i wonder how many bills fans you know stubbed their toe with 13 seconds left or did something else that was like would not have happened if they weren't if they didn't just go through the most emotional experience of their sports fans lives the same toe you so i can you just stub the same toe you cut at scoops uh, yes, I stub that toe all the time. Okay. And luckily, it's riddled with scar tissue, so it can handle it. Uh, and so part of me wants to give Tyler Bass the benefit of the doubt. If anything, if I do give him the benefit of the doubt and choose to believe that, well, look at me. Now I like him more because he's super emotional into the game and like part of the team and stuff. Even though he's, you know, sometimes I think it's easy for a kicker to just be not involved yeah. in, in things just like... I'm just over here on the sideline. Like, yeah, I'm just warming up, kicking in the net. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not really a part Doing of it. You know, I'm, not a, I'm not in the group or something like that. So if he didn't execute, if he screwed it up, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of possible. Yeah. But I also thought in, in the moment, like I wasn't mad that he that we kicked that touchback. I wasn't either because, because, again, it's like that the worst can possibly happen for the Bills. They return it. Right. That's that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, I've been through games where it looked like we were going to win. Basically, it exactly. came down to yeah. It came down to that, and then they did return it. Exactly. And I'm also yep. thinking, last time we had the Chiefs return a ki- return on a special teams play, the it, they return. almost did return it. Yeah, they yeah. almost did return it, and Matt Hatt, Hatt had to make the tackle. <laughs> which was, like, which was a great play. <laughs> right, right. I'm not interested in... Reliving that? <laughs> well, yeah, reliving that, but like, I'm not interested in taking that risk, is what exactly. I'm saying. I, I totally so agree. Like, I, I was not mad at the time. I, I wasn't either, honestly, like... In hindsight, they because they did do they didn't squib it, but they did do a short kick that was returnable early in the game, and they covered it pretty well. So yeah. you have all these 
quote-unquote special teams aces, Matikevich, Taiwan Jones, Saran Neal, Jaquan Johnson, Andre Smith, you expect them to duplicate the coverage and but again like I agree with you like I was saying as he was kicking like kick it out of the back of the end zone like don't give them a chance here because I didn't think Leslie Frazier would play the most preventative prevent defense ever (laughs) like after that I I did not expect them to come out with uh, and give the Chiefs literally two free plays with no pressure whatsoever. Right. I, That's the phrase I was saying, too. I'm like, this is too prevent. Yes, right? <laughs> I was saying that, too. Like at the, I was like, why? Like, I'm what like, that play was too prevent. We can't do that. I think two things happened. They got burnt by Hill on the previous drive, right? So they were... Mm-hmm. They were gun shy that that would happen again, and I can understand that to a degree. I can understand that. Yeah. Plus, Harrison, I was, I was Harrison Bucker was not that great. He missed a field goal earlier in the game, missed an extra point, right, I think. He, he was a little yeah. shaky. So is it like, okay, well, we don't want to get burnt by Hill, so we'll, we'd rather go with Bucker here in this moment. There's just so many things that I thought – were wrong with, with how that defense mm-hmm. played. One, mm-hmm. they were in a they were in too much of a prevent defense. You're absolutely right. And because of that, if you're gonna do that, just go all out. Rush two guys. Don't have mm-hmm. don't have Mario Addison, my maybe the least athletic guy in that defensive line, be the spy for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. If he's not there rushing, which he's not good at, but that's what he does. And then why have him out there? Why is Tremaine Edmonds out there if he's 30 yards back of the line to scrimmage he's not good in coverage he doesn't he's not fast like put saran neal in there right why does tremaine edmonds make sense in that situation it's milano it should be milano and neal you're rushing two i'd even have jaquan johnson in there just as a like a, a thumper guy in the right. box if you want just like, as a guy who's just fast like, like the, you should just have speed like hands team there. like hand, like i want like hand team people yeah right exactly you know, assuming that yeah and, and the fact that they were on the Kelsey catch were playing the sideline to prevent them from going. Like, they have two timeouts. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Like, yeah. Just play your yeah. regular defense. If, mm-hmm. you, if you get burnt, you get burnt, and it's on you. But don't just give them the game like that or give them a chance to tie the game. Like, make them earn it. Like, that's the thing, too. It killed me. Is like, your goal there is to waste as much time or have the Chiefs waste as much time as possible. So if you're up on the guys and Patrick Mahomes is – trying to go quick, like that's what the Chiefs want to do. They want to go quick and get yards quickly and move down the field that way. If you're in your regular defense and he has to go through his reads and you think about things and throw outside the numbers, that's taking more time off the clock. Mm-hmm. Him throwing an out route where he has to throw 20 yards of field instead of a slant route where he has to throw five yards, of like that's taking another two seconds off the clock. They played it so wrong. <laughs> like, everything they shouldn't have done, they did in that moment to me. And if one of those things didn't go down that way, of the many things, all it took was one of those mistakes to not happen, we would have won. That's what I think. If we had one different aspect of personnel, if we had one different... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we had one different sort of formation, if we didn't let Kelsey, you know, if we didn't do if, if it didn't go down that way with Kelsey if we did squib kick it if all it took was one thing to not happen as it did and and I think that we would have won but it was one too many thing that happened as they did and here we are talking about it now when we had Taylor on last week he said the Bills defense needs to make one or two big plays 
to win this mm-hmm. game. And they that, that's all they needed. <laughs> like they yep. just needed one or two big plays and they didn't. Yes. They didn't make any we, big yeah. plays. The, and the, that's the thing. Like the whole game, we made zero. Yeah. And we got some sacks, I guess. But but even we could add more sacks. How many times did mm-hmm. we think we had Mahomes dead to rights early on and he Absolutely. skirted out and made a 40 yard run? Like, yeah. It was that's the summary of the first quarter. Yeah, it was just uh, the defense could not stop. Where were our all pro safeties at any point during the mm-hmm. game? I think this leads me to my my bigger point is I'm done with Leslie Frazier. Wow. Whether Thanks, he David. whether Thanks, he gets David. a head coaching job or or not, I, I think it's time to move on. Honestly, we've seen now in the past two years four Chiefs matchups where the Bills have just looked the Bills defense that is I should say does not look even close to being in the Chiefs league in three of those four matchups playing scared in three of those four matchups mm-hmm. not making adjustments in three of those four matchups I need a defense and a defensive coordinator that after three years maybe that's being generous maybe four years can figure out the Bills run defense <laughs> yeah we had the number one DVOA whatever like I, I don't care anymore Give me a defensive coordinator that can recognize the problems, make the proper adjustments and the fixes, and then we'll be golden. I'm kind of done with them, honestly. Like, I don't I don't care about DVOA. I don't care about advanced analytics. I care about beating the Chiefs now. And if Leslie Frazier is our defensive coordinator, I don't think we can beat the Chiefs. Wow. I'm sorry. Hot take. It is. Hate- Hot take here. You don't have to apologize to me. I totally get it. Um, my only, like, when I think about that is in my sort of, fear slash idea about Leslie Frazier getting a head coach job. Because I understand what you're saying. To an extent, I agree. But I think I prefer him to stay. Just because whatever we get in new, like, I don't want to go through a personnel grouping growing pain time. I don't want a different system to have, to idealize uh, different um, people and characteristics. And now all of a sudden, it's, you know, like, I'm too scarred from the drought. Doug Whaley, like, constantly having to switch back and forth between defensive systems, and then we have to wait a couple years of, like, drafting different types of guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, these are these are the people that are built for Leslie Frazier's defense. And so I guess my real question is, I can live without, well, it's not my question, but my, like, thought process is, I can live without Leslie Frazier, but it's with an asterisk, because I want to see... Like, what's your proposed alternative here? And then I'll be like, well, maybe that won't be worth it in terms of the time lost. Or I'll be like, all right, I think there'll be an easy transition. Ditch Frazier, we're going for this guy. Right. We're going, it's a it's a father-son um, defensive coordination between the Babbages. It's the Babbage boys' defense. <laughs> Two matchups this year against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is not a running quarterback. Let's get that. No, out it's there. crazy. Like, uh, yeah. He is not a running quarterback. Like he typically in games 12, 15 yards. Like he's somewhere in that range. Against the Bills this year, he had 69 yards rushing. And earlier this year, he had 61 yards. Like those were his best rushing performances. Yeah, the Bills defense in the regular season game looked great, but there was an issue. There's an issue. Patrick Mahomes scrambling and running and gaining positive yards in that way there was no fix in a playoff in a crucial playoff game for that i i need i need a defensive coordinator to learn from his mistakes honestly and yeah the bills won in the regular season it was great they made some big plays like high pick six greg rousseau interception like we didn't get those big plays so how are we going to alleviate or make up for the those lack of big plays and 
That's making the proper schematic adjustments to me. Not letting Mahomes run. Shutting down their only two guys that always kill us <laughs> in Hill and Kelsey. Like, why there wasn't a double team on those two guys the whole game? They The Chiefs one time on a third down went to Byron Pringle across the field and he dropped the ball. I can live with Byron Pringle beating me. I can live with McCole Hardman beating me, Jarek McKinnon beating me. Like, do not let Tyreek Hill have 11 catches for 150 yards. What did he have last year? 200 yards or something like silly. Travis Kelsey, again, killing us. What, why haven't we adjusted to these things? It, it, I, I'm done. I'm done with them. Honestly, like that. That's that's all I have to say. That's all I, I can have get to there. Say. You can get there. I can get done with. I can get there. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's out of my hand. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I don't think he's going to get a head of coaching job. Honestly. Okay. I think I think the last impression, especially in the NFL world, the last impression is is the one that sticks out the most. Right. You know, I think Brian Dable is going to get a job. Yeah. Um, I don't, I yeah, don't, I, I don't, I don't think Frazier is more likely to get a job than Frazier. I don't think Frazier is. And yeah, I think he's going to be back as the defensive coordinator. And honestly, I'd, I'd put him on the hot seat. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'd be, I'd be happy to have him back as defensive coordinator. Cause he's a nice guy. Keep the consistency. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know if he's a nice guy. I mean, he's a nice guy, but like, I don't know. It's not like I'm trying to, it's not like if I saw him out and around, it'd be like, Oh my, it'd be like a dream to hang out with him. <laughs> You know. He doesn't seem like that interesting. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I don't think he's that interesting. He seems like a guy he's who a just guy. like he goes and coaches football, and then he comes home and he sits on his rocking chair in front of the fire, puts on his reading glasses, <laughs> blanket over his his legs like he has polio or something, and you know sits down to a good book with his corncob pipe. I don't know. Well, Matt, I hate to tell you, you just described exactly me right now. <laughs> Well, you and Leslie Frazier would get along real well then. Well, maybe we would. Yeah, maybe me and Leslie Frazier would hit it off. <laughs> Leslie, hit me up. Anything Anything else about this defense? I mean, nobody really stood out on this defense. I thought Ed Oliver had a nice game. That, I was just going to say. That, that's Ed about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like Tremaine Edmonds drove me nuts as he, as he always does. I, I don't think you can resign that guy. Let me ask you a question before you start to answer that question. Let me ask you another question. Has he made (laughs) one impactful play this year? This year. One game-changing play, one game-clinching play, one impactful play this year. I think that he's – I am not thinking of anything specifically. Because it hasn't happened. I can't think of well, what I'm saying is I can't think of the specific opponent, but I can think of a time when he was really hitting gaps well, and I think that it largely was shutting down uh, the team against which we were were playing. Uh, but I don't remember what team that was. I don't. I kind of remember that, and I feel like he had a pick that I can like. I have the image in my brain of him picking it off. I have the image in my brain of him like a lot of tip balls that he almost had that he couldn't get to <laughs> this year. <laughs> I, I, I just, do, you know. I'm a I'm a I'm a Tremaine Edmonds defender. You are, but I'm not. Yeah, ba- because based on where he fits in the system and the way the system is, but I think that that's expensive for what we're saying for what we're expecting him to do. That's a lot of money. It is for what we're expecting him to do at his peak. That's a lot of money. Um, I just don't think he's good at anything. Like honestly, like mm, and, and maybe you're like, and maybe that's you're like, like me, the system. He, he's your single Terry. He's, he's your singletary to me. He is, yes. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know, he's good at anything. So it's, what's the point? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good that's a good comparison. Especially for a high first round pick. But he's pick. solid at everything. No. In this case, he's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's I, a, I think he's a liability in pass coverage. Uh, he, 
<laughs> what, what drove me nuts, like I had that like Larry David like fake heart attack moment where <laughs> when Brand or that fainting gif, whatever, when Brandon Bean in his press conference was like, I think Tremaine has really improved getting off of blocks, and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> Like, he is not improved in getting off of blocks. In fact, he might have gotten worse. Like, he actively engages in blocks and doesn't use his athleticism. To get. There's many times this year where he has gotten driven down the field by a less of, of a tight end or a running back or a fullback. Like, he does not get off blocks well at all. So, I, don't, I know it's just a, a GM protecting his players, but... That was kind of like a what moment to me. Uh, yeah, I know you're you're a Tremaine defender, and you know, I, I think I, mean, I, I think I think this is the last ditch effort for for Tremaine. Like yeah, his I'll fifth year that. option uh-huh. coming up. I think what they do is they sign his brother as some safety depth, and really maybe having his brother on the team really opens his mind and allows him to reach his potential. I, I don't know. It seems opens like a, it, it seems like a tight knit family, but that's what it is with Tremaine. It's always mental to me. Like the athleticism's there. The football prowess is there. Like what's between his ears is not there to me. That, that's what drives me nuts. He consistently picks wrong lane. He looks lost all the time. He picks wrong lanes and running. Like he engages with blockers, as I mentioned too easily. He doesn't See, use his athleticism. Like um, maybe he needs a, a brotherly motivator on the same. I just think he's injured a lot. And that's part of it too. He's not. He hasn't been injured this year. No, no, no. Yeah, he has. He has? Yeah, yeah. he was injured earlier this year. But I think that. Are we sure? You know, there's a difference between playing. Like, just because you're playing doesn't mean you're not injured, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think that he's injured. I think even though he's playing, I think that he's definitely. Uh, I'm of the mentality that every uh, NFL player is injured, though. Stunted. Well, yeah, you should be. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's so a yeah, that, that sounds fairish. Yeah. But I do love the idea. I mean, it's been an it's been a long dream of mine, especially in this era of the Bills, to get brothers yes. in some way on this team. <laughs> yes, and it's great. Like I wanted, I wanted Diggs bad just basically because of that. Trayvon. Uh, yeah. yeah, of course. So I still, yes, I would, I would love to get some brothers. I would love if the Edmonds boys were together in Buffalo. It would warm your heart, wouldn't it? It really would. <laughs> some brotherly love. In the Nickel City. I mean, we got the Babbages, and I tell you what, <laughs> we had the Ryan brothers. <laughs> that was that didn't work out too well. The who? The Ryan brothers, Rex and Rob. Oh yeah. Oh, those Ryan. How can you forget the tandem bike? Well, yeah, I knew. Yeah, of course, of course. That was a disaster. But now, what I'm saying is, I want brothers. I want. Oh. Okay. Like the Babbages. Yeah. And if you had told me. If you told me at the beginning of this episode that I was going to reference the Babbages twice, the Babbage boys, <laughs> I did not think that was going to be happening. Well. But here we are. It's an emotional time. It's a tough time. This bro. is a tough time. <laughs> a lot of weird, a lot a of weird stuff's going down. A lot down. of weird stuff. A lot of Babbage weird stuff going on. <laughs> Babbage level weird stuff. <laughs> Babbage level weird stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know much. what else much to say about this defense. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. I, I just think... They need to take a hard look in the mirror at themselves <laughs> and figure out who they really want to be. And yeah. maybe that's getting rid of Leslie Frazier. Maybe that's getting rid of Eric Washington. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Know, Eric Washington. Eric Washington might have won me over a little bit this season. Oh wow! Speaking of weird stuff. Yeah, a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> a lot of weird stuff. We mentioned a lot of negative this podcast uh, for obvious reasons. Positives though, Josh obviously positive. Gabriel Davis, a huge positive. I think that guy is is ready to step into the number two role. Um, Me too. I think he already has. I think he already has too, yeah. I mean, I've always said, like, I think the Bills are grooming him to be the best wide receiver four in the league, and I Mm -hmm. think he already is that, and 
Yeah. I mean, a, a historical performance from him, four touchdowns over 200 yards receiving. He's interesting because he doesn't he doesn't seem fast, but he's like sneaky fast on the mm-hmm. back end. Like he doesn't get separation right away, but then when the ball's in the air, he'll find a way to get it and maybe separate from the defender. I don't think he's the best route runner, but he sometimes somehow seems to like put guys on skates like he, he did he, he did on the the second touchdown. Like Right. He's he's an interesting guy. Like but I but I think he's he's great. I love uh I love the skill set he brings to the team and yeah, I think he's ready to step in number two and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad if they brought Emmanuel Sanders back in a, like a slot receiver role if, if Cole gets the gets the snip. Interesting. Putting Sanders in the in, in the slot on the inside. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting vision you have here. I mean that All right. If they uh-huh. if even if they were assigned McKenzie, I, I I'd bring Sanders back for a year. Why not? Put him in the slot. Oh yeah, why not? I'm not. I'm not I don't mind it. it. I don't mind He's it. A wonderful Good for a community. Team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Great for the community. No, Stefan Diggs was the biggest surprise to me on the offense. And Same. There's a lot I of the whole time. there's yeah. a lot of tape of him getting double teamed, and that that's my thing. Is like, okay, he gets. Let's say he's getting double teamed and maybe even triple teamed or they're rolling coverage over the top towards him, whatever. And Gabe Davis is the benefactor of that, obviously, in this game. But I look at other teams and other star receivers throughout the league, and I look at somebody like Devontae Adams. And maybe Steph's not as good as Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. But you can't tell me that guy's not getting double teamed every game, right? Like They they find ways, and he finds ways to get open and get the ball. So, like, again, it's... Is it adjustments? Is it creativity? I don't know, but you got to find a way to get that guy the ball. I'm sorry. Like, you got to move him in, in the formation, like put him in the slot, do something. <laughs> like, there's got to be a way to get him. You can't, you can't go into a crucial game or come out of a crucial game such as this with your star receiver having three catches for seven yards. And I know it was made yeah. up with other guys. But again, that that's why I kind of feel the same way about Dable is like, if he goes, then okay. Like, I think it's time for a, a fresh look. I think Josh has evolved past Dable. Dable gets that coaching job. I, I need a, I need a, a Sean McVay-esque mind to, to kind of get this team to the next level. And that's a guy who can get Stefan Diggs open in a, in a crucial game. Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised at his lack of involvement. I, in some ways, kind of like... It fell into place for me based on our conversation last week with, um, with, uh, with remind me of his name. With Taylor? Yeah, with Taylor. Yeah, so it reminded me a lot of our conversation last week with Taylor, um, talking about matchups and the way that the Chiefs secondary looks. And I can see that, you know, David loves to exploit those matchups. And there is the, um, and that's, you know, why you see like, Davis coming in and just like crushing it because, the because we had learned from Taylor last week about the lack of depth in the Chiefs secondary and how it's a liability if you get past a certain point. So that to me, like, makes sense as to why we see it to be a more Gabe Davis centric game compared to a Stefan Diggs game. And, uh, I don't, I don't care. I don't care who gets the ball. I don't need him to be super involved. And, um, because it's like you're talking like you're trying to diagnose the issue with the offense. The offense was not the problem. The offense was no. not a problem. No. We were hit. The offense was there. It was fine. So, um, the, and it was more than fine. It was historically fantastic. So, <laughs> 
I don't know what this thing about like oh well we need to give seven big ball and they, who cares like I, it, I just it, don't want I just don't want to look at a box score a, Tony and see Reggie Gilliam have more yards than Stefan Diggs like well, I don't something something score, irks me about, about that and I love Reggie Gilliam I know we all do he's an athlete I'm yes but yeah I don't I don't I don't care I mean I guess he should be involved you, I don't know I don't care. care I don't yeah if we win wins or losses is what I care about and I don't think that the involvement of Stefan Diggs was anything that was going to get that was going to be the difference between the win and the loss um so in that sense in that sense i don't care i'm not even really thinking about it i mean it he's Stephon Diggs. Might have been. <laughs> if he gets he may, more catches and more yards and i don't well, know i guess but i mean you could argue that he also that he did really make the biggest play of the game i mean he the two-point conversion he, yeah the two-point conversion yeah which was all i mean that Josh. was it, <laughs> Yeah, okay. It, it takes two to tango. <laughs> There's got to be a receiver on the other end of that. And he did make a pretty nice catch, and he kept his feet in. He did, yeah. He's a professional. He's the consummate professional. He is. He's not. He a, is, he's not a locker room problem. Right. Like so but many I mean, Vikings yeah. fans and told us he'd be. On the field, too. So I would say, um, I don't know. I don't have these feelings about Stefan Diggs for this particular game, and I hope I never do for as long as he's in red, white, and blue. And as long as we win. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's all we care, that's all we care about. Final, is, yeah. f- final question to you, Tony. As we look back at this game, as we look back at the season, are the Bills moving in the right direction? Was this game a step forward or a step back for the progress of this franchise? You said earlier, Bean said, progress is not linear. So how do you feel? Is this a step back on on the x axis? Is this a is this a sharp drastic cut down, or is it? Or I guess on the y axis it would be down. On the y axis is it down or is it up in terms of progress? Um, uh, neither. I don't think that this game has well for all they did in the off season. Their their whole their say, whole message I'll last say, off season was beat the Chiefs, and they did not right. do that. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe I would say it most likely results in progress. Okay. Because it you know it's more to learn from. It is humbling because we had already you know maybe we were not humble enough because we had already beaten them in the regular season. And maybe it exposed some things. Maybe it exposed everything that we're talking about in the negative. Maybe it exposed Leslie Frazier. Maybe it exposed uh, all of our you know insufficiencies. Right. So I hope it's progress. But progress isn't linear. It's a, I mean I, I definitely don't I don't know. But the only reason that it I could see it not being a progress is like you said with the mental barrier. So time will tell. What do you think? Time will tell. I feel like if we are of the idea that Josh will lead us to the Lombardi Trophy one day, I feel like that naturally just comes with the thought that everything is progress. Yeah. Like, okay. like if Josh is going to lead that lead us there, then everything that happens prior to that is learning and growing and progressing and getting better. Like the highs are high and the lows are lows, but everything leads to the Super Bowl. In, in a win in the Super Bowl. So in that sense, if you if you think that way, if you think Josh is going to lead us to the Super Bowl and everything leading up to that is is progress, like you can't think anything's a step back. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it stinks to the to the highest degree. It still stings four days later. But and I, and I think the tough thing with it was watching Josh as the Chiefs celebrated and players acknowledge each other for good games. The camera following him as he just kind of like wandered out into the field and looked around mm-hmm. and in this state of like disbelief and kind of like a what can I do? What more can I do? Like I, I did everything. Mm-hmm. I left everything on the field, as we mentioned. I played the perfect game. I gave 
blood, sweat, and tears to this team to try to get them to win, and it wasn't enough. Like, I think that look I saw on Josh as he just kind of meandered out in the field, like, he was just dead in the eyes. Like, there was, yes. just, there was just nothing there. It was like, it wasn't like a... It wasn't like a him taking in the moment like this is going to motivate me. This is like a man, I don't know what I can do <laughs> kind of look. Yeah, that's yes, that's a good. And that's, that's what scares also me. Was my interpretation of it because that's also how I felt myself. Yeah, for the team, and that is a, that is a an absolute scary place to be in right. as a fan, as scarier as a player. Um, and I would wonder if I can bring it full circle, Matt. Maybe, as I said in the beginning, like there's all these new Bills fans and this is how they became Bills fans. Mm-hmm. Like what it means to say, maybe this is how the Bills became the Bills. Maybe this is how a group of college athletes coming together from all over America. This is this is the moment that they learned what it means to be a Bill. It's the, it's the past of broken hearts. Yeah. And will they be? Will they be the? Will Will this group be our salvation? Now that they know what it means to be a bill, now that they know what it's like being a bill. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope so. Jake. Isn't that Isn't that a Green Day song? <laughs> what? Boulevard of Broken Dreams or something? <laughs> yeah, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, that's fitting in this moment. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Tony, about this game? I would say I just brought it full circle. I think you did. So no. I think it was good. I think it was a good way to to cap it off here. Yeah, that is my that is my final thoughts. It's gonna but be my a... final thoughts is that you're dumb for asking me that question. So <laughs> thank you. Wrap it up. We'll we'll edit that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's get a uh, quick word from our sponsor, and uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler, and since we know place to go keep it cold keep it cold keep it cold with a traveling growler koozie koozie starting at just five dollars check out www.travelinggrowler.com today and now back to the show and we are back tony let's wrap it up on to brighter times next week i don't know is this just going to be our mood for for the whole off season stay tuned <laughs> find out next week <laughs> find out next week if we are still miserable <laughs> uh thank you to our sponsor of course traveling growler www.travelinggrowler.coozy starting at just five dollars you need to do a lot of drinking after after that bill's loss get a koozie to uh to supplement that drinking i guess uh no awesome products from traveling growler different designs uh anything to fit your needs st patrick's day is coming up they got st patrick's day stuff dingus day they got polish stuff just check it out www.travelinggrower.com awesome site awesome website awesome product t-shirt store teespring.com check out all the cool kids say, still say cool cool designs in the t-shirt store support the podcast t-shirts sweatshirts hoodies tank tops summer just around the corner. It doesn't seem like that, Tony, in this 14-degree weather, but summer's coming up faster than we think here. I, These are getting longer. I think global warming will rear its ugly head here soon. Uh, we did have that, like, 60-degree day in February when we signed Mario Williams. Maybe we'll get that again. And we uh, did have a 60, maybe we'll get a Mario Williams-type signing again. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and that's the way to cap off this episode. Teespring.com, search witty, not funny, all one word. Check out the apparel in the store. Uh, where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Follow Built in Buffalo at Built in Buffalo underscore. Check out all their great content. 
every single day giving you something on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Happy to be part of the Built in Buffalo family, as always. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts are hosted for free by searching Witty Not Funny, all one word. We like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. And just sorry to the listeners. This was a, a sad, sad episode. Um, but that's the way it had to be, Tony. You know, it's a quality podcast when you end the podcast by saying sorry to our listeners that you just had to put up with us. <laughs> We try to be positive. We try to put. Let me tell you what that built in uh, Buffalo Network is getting their money's worth. <laughs> they don't pay us. Come on. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, where to find the podcast? At on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page uh, at Witty Sports Seven One Six. Give us a follow. We'll follow back. Bills Mafia. Savers Swords people. We love uh, connecting with the Buffalo Sports community. So check us out. Give us a follow. Show us some love. We'll show it right back. T- Tony, what's your Twitter handle? For the listeners, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Tony J Ambrose or even at Tony Ambrose. Oh wow! You can throw the J in there. You can t- keep it out. The choice is yours up and yours. You. Choice is yours you and yours alone. <laughs> oh, I was going to Legends Olmec style. Oh, I'm aware. You only get recognized Olmec when I hear it. Come on. The choice is yours and yours alone. We could use some steps of knowledge this podcast. Oh, very wise, very wise. Oh uh, yes, uh, Tony, send off for the listeners. Make it a good one. We need it. You know, it's like I said earlier, uh, I'll just combine a couple things. Progress isn't linear, so just lie down and bleed a while and then rise and fight again. <laughs> okay. I like it. I mean, you could have went with the Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you make you stronger lyric. Like, that would have been fitting, too. Mm-hmm. I said with Justin any day. <laughs> Justin. Oh, Justin Guarini. Who doesn't? Yeah, of course. The true winner of American Idol. The true winner of my, he's my American Idol. <laughs> he's all our American Idols. This is a right. pro Justin Guarini podcast. Yeah. Just want to get that out there for anyone doubting us. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. <laughs> As we always say, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.